Hey guys, if you have an interest in developing games, consider joining the WU Game Developers Club. We don't have any more meetings this semester, but we should be back this fall and we'll be meeting every week. It's a great, open, friendly environment. You don't have to have any prior development experience. Take it from me. When I joined, I had no game development experience, and now I've put out nearly three games. If you're interested, go to gamedevclub.orgs.wvu.edu to learn more. Hey everyone, and welcome to Game Talk Episode 6. I'm your host, Ambin Mion. This week I'm joined by Connor Haynes. Hey. And Michael Dumeyer. Hello. Game Talk's your weekly show where we talk about games in the gaming industry. Um, this week we're going to start off by making E3 predictions. Um, E3 is the largest video game trade show um, in the world. Happens every year in June. Um... So th- this year, Saturday, we're getting EA's conference. Sunday, we have Microsoft and Bethesda. And TBD, we have Sony, Ubisoft, and Nintendo. Most likely, they're going to be on Sunday or Monday. Um, so I guess we'll kind of just go down the list, um, starting with EA. They're the first conference. Um, do you guys have anything, any predictions for EA? What uh, they might announce. They're definitely going to show off Battlefront 2 because that's a big thing they're working Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Maybe yeah. some Andromeda DLC. That will be their marquee title. Do you think yeah. they're going to show off Andromeda more? No. That, okay, I was going to get... I think if they show Andromeda at all, it needs to be how they're going to address Andromeda rather than show new stuff, you know? I mean, as a huge Mass Effect fan, I'm furious at the straight state of Andromeda. It's already unreleased, isn't it? Yeah, Andromeda's out. Okay, I thought so. It's just riddled with glitches and, like... They're not going to waste facial time animations on... and no, but like Mass Effect is a big, big deal, right? And for the new Mass Effect to come out and not be at you know the level of quality previously previously established by the series is a big deal, I think. So I think it'd be wise for them to sort of address that and also address how they're going to because they've already kind of given a patch outline of how they're going to make the game better. It'd be nice to sort of mention that. Obviously, I don't see that taking up like a whole lot of time in E3. It's just something I'd like to see. But yeah, um, back to Battlefront 2, I mean, are, are you guys Star Wars fans? I am. They're going to have to do a lot to win me back after the last one, though. Have you seen the trailer yet? I have not. So it's going to have all eras in it, so prequels, original trilogy, and the new films. Um, they're going to have space battles, they're going to have 40-player um, online, it, and a dedicated single-player campaign um, from the perspective of... A soldier in the em- the Empire after the second Death Star blows up, and their revenge story on like killing Luke Skywalker, hmm. like their attempt to kill Luke Skywalker. So I think all of that sounds really really cool. And they also announced that they're not going to do a season pass for this one. Really? So I think EA is trying to kind of win back a lot of goodwill with this game. Um. So I don't think any of those things you said were the problem with Battlefront One. I think the lacking a single player campaign was a huge problem for see, a lot of people. See, not for me though. Yeah. I I just thought it was terrible. I didn't think there was any redeeming quality other than sound and the graphics. shooting mechanic. The sound was excellent. The shooting mechanics left a lot to be desired. I think. Yeah, and like you had enemies spawning behind you all the time. But the vehicles were power ups. The like, if you knew the spawn points of the hero, you could just hog it. Like, it was just a horribly designed game. Like, it yeah. wasn't like. Technically and fidelity-wise, it was amazing, but design-wise, they just really missed it. 
See, I think for better or worse for them, I think they're okay with that because they know the Star Wars fans will eat it up regardless. But um, I don't know. It just from the cursory look, we haven't seen full fledged like we haven't seen a match yet. But everything they showed was in engine, and it all looked pretty fantastic, um, just content wise. I just the last one was a fifteen dollar game to me yeah. at best, and. If they're gonna try to do that again and sell, because I don't, I still don't think it's dropped down to fifteen bucks. Because I was gonna buy it when mm-hmm. it did, but like, you can't. I don't know. If they, so it's made by the same guys that make Battlefield, and if they'd make a Battlefield game with Star Wars characters, I'd be happy. If they'd make a Battlefront game that was like the old Battlefront games, I'd be happy. But if they, if they give us this pile of garbage with a Star Wars coat of paint that they gave us last time. I, I like to think few people are going to buy it, but I know it's going to sell. It's going to sell millions yeah. and millions of copies, um, especially with The Last Jedi also coming out yeah. around the same time. Here we are on licensed games again. Yeah. Um, another prediction I'd like, a very bold prediction I'd like to make for EA, uh, they're going to te- tease the new Dragon Age game. I, I think it's time. That game, I think, probably been cooking for a while now, and I think it's time to sort of announce it. It better be better than Inquisition and the terrible, terrible side quests they had. That were like, it was like playing an hey MMO. Man, I really liked Inquisition, but the side quests were like playing an MMO. It's just like, yeah, go fetch, go fetch these bears. Go catch me twenty bear furs. But yeah, I think um, it will. I mean, obviously they're going to have more games announced. Plenty of sports titles too, which I don't really have any interest in. But um, yeah, I'm putting my. That's where I'm putting my money. New Dragon Age. Um, do you guys have any other thoughts for EA? Okay. Nope. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's not much to say there. Next one's sort of a big one, though. Um, Microsoft. Um, I'll just kind of kick things off. We're going to see the Scorpio, obviously. It's going to be priced $4.99. Really? That's, $4.99? That's my guess. That Just from rumblings I've been... That, just That's my guess. Let's just put it there. I, I um, think you're crazy. We kind of already went over this in our Xbox Scorpio segment a couple episodes back, but let's just refresh it for E3. Uh, what do you guys think? Um, I we're think gonna see five ninety nine is gonna be okay. low. I think that's Michael. Uh, it's way too low. Okay, we'll see. I don't know. I think it'd be a, a like a surefire way to win back the goodwill of gamers if they priced it that low. But I don't know. That's a very bold prediction. We'll see if it comes true. It really is. Um, I also think they'll announce a partnership with Oculus. Uh, I agree that they're definitely going to have VR somehow. The Scorp- they have to. The Scorpio is going to have a VR solution for sure. Um, and I also think we're going to get a bunch of first-party games, Microsoft games announced. Um, uh, back on the VR, wasn't Microsoft working on its own VR? I don't. Do, I mean, I'm sure they, they were. HoloLens. I'm sure they were prototyping helmets, but I everything I've read's suggesting that they're going to partner with Oculus. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think they're going to also announce a bunch of first-party games. As to what they are, eh, not too sure. But I certainly think Halo Six is going to be announced. Um, yeah. Best on Scorpio or whatever, you know. Cer- um, all these games will definitely be cross-playable between Xbox One and Xbox Scorpio. They're going to have to do something big to get the Halo fans yeah. back, I think. And yeah, Halo Six running at 4K. 60 FPS, HDR. Do you think it's going to be a yeah. PC release as well? 
Um, I think it will be. I think, I think it will be too. They're they're really kind of pushing their play anywhere initiative, I, which you know we already discussed that too earlier, and I disagree with that. But that's we've already kind that's of what they're tread doing. that ground. Yeah. Um, I would love, 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 love for Rare to um, mi- well Microsoft to announce through Rare a new banjo game. I don't think it'll happen. It will not happen. Especially I, not after I'm t- ukulele. Yeah, I'm telling you, it will not happen. But like. If there was a way for me to be completely in on Xbox again, it wouldn't be that. Uh, Michael? I mean, going back to Rare, Microsoft stripped a lot of the bigger Rare employees that worked on that game. Like, Rare right now is a complete shadow of the Rare of the Golden Era. So let's, um, you, you brought up a good point. Um, they also They have a Rare game that they are releasing soon called Sea of Thieves. I don't know if you guys have... It, so it's like, I think it's a multiplayer pirate adventure game. That sounds yeah. interesting. It sounds interesting, but... Is it like a Rare title, it's, or it's, is it a title made by Rare? It's it's a title made by Rare. Okay. <laughs> I mean, like like Michael said, the era of Rare titles is sort of over. Yeah, I don't um, think Ukulele was able to bring it back. I mean, reviewers did not like it. Yeah, I least. mean... It's definitely just banjo again, but not as good. So, yeah. So I mean, that's we'll not see. good enough in today's era. For but sure. I, I mean, yeah, and I could look at that two ways. I could see that as like Microsoft seeing that as, oh, people don't want this, or they could look at it like, oh, people do want this, and they got let down. Maybe we should jump on that. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Can you guys think of any other first-party games that, or maybe big third-party games that might align with Microsoft? Ah, uh, no. I don't know any Microsoft first parties. Yeah, I mean, Microsoft, I mean, they're definitely, they're in a position now to blow, either blow everyone away. Was MechWarrior, um, was that a Microsoft? Don't know what that is. Okay, Michael's saying now. Um, but I was, as I was saying, Microsoft's either in a position to blow everyone away this E3, or just kind of, you know, just kind of like, have like a lukewarm showing. But I, I think they're playing their cards right, and I think we're going to see a very, very strong Microsoft um, in this C3, do you think they're going to announce maybe a price cut for the Xbox One S? Like, oh yeah, if they've got the Scorpio coming, yeah. I think it's likely. How, what is it now? Like two fifty? I have no idea. I think it's like two fifty now, which is already that's a very affordable. It's a very very attractive price. But yeah, if they drop down to like two hundred for the holiday season, and then Scorpio being whatever it is, also, that's a pretty good lineup there. Um, I would like to see just kind of. Finishing thoughts on Microsoft. Uh, they're, are you guys familiar with their like controller lab initiative? I forget exactly what it's called, but like they have a website where you can custom design your controller and they'll build it and ship it to you. Oh wow! Yeah, I don't. You didn't know this? No, I didn't. So know yeah, that. yeah, that no, sounds it's, awesome. It's really cool, actually. Like you can select the colors and everything, style it exactly how you want, and then they build it and ship it to you. I would love to see them kind of expand options there. See, now I almost wish that the Xbox had games I want to play. Like, yeah, no, that's... See, that's... Microsoft is slowly but surely, piece by piece, doing great things to win win back the goodwill of gamers, you know? I think they're setting their cards up so that whenever the next console generation starts, they're going to hit a home run and come out stronger than everyone else. I, I, I don't yeah. think that's that's out of the realm of possibility. I mean, I think... You're making it sound like they're going to have something stacked up. Like, if they gave me the ability to customize a Scorpio, too. Yeah, like that would be Like a custom console, custom yeah. controller. And I, I would... and I look at Nintendo and Sony, and I'm like, why are you guys not doing Nintendo this? Nintendo is. I mean, 
The Switch. With the Joy. Pretty... You can get three different Joy-Con colors right now. There's only three. You can get no four. They announced yellow, so you can get gray, red, blue, and yellow. That's it right now. That's still. I mean, it's better than Sony. It is better than Sony, but, like, you should just be able to go on Nintendo's website and be like, I want this exact shade of Joy-Con controller. And, yeah. you know, like, it's not that hard to do. No. Um, but, yeah, Microsoft is definitely killing it in all these small areas, and it all adds up. Oh, so, yeah, it does. Yeah, it, it, Nintendo and Sony better not be asleep at the wheel, because Microsoft can easily yeah, I mean, get I mean, people's goodwill Sony back. did it last gen, didn't yeah. they? Like, Microsoft was way ahead. And then, and then Sony, Sony pulled up from behind and took exactly, it from Exactly, yeah. Nothing is set in stone in this industry. All right, so with that said, next one, Bethesda. I, I so, think the next Elder Scrolls game is going to get announced. I absolutely agree. Uh, disagree, sorry, I absolutely disagree with that. You think so? Yeah, no. I've, Todd, Howard o- Todd Howard over and over again has stated that the next Elder Scrolls game is... Light years away. Todd but unless Howard he's is full of lying, crap, yeah, he he's could been be, full of crap for years. He could be lying to our faces. I, I'm almost a hundred percent sure though we will not hear a word about Elder Scrolls Six. Don't get me wrong. I would. You think they're gonna have a new I would IP? Love that. Because we're not getting a new Fallout. I think we're getting a new IP. We're also. I think we're going to be shown Fallout Four VR, which is a thing that is happening, and that is. From the earliest of early impressions I've read is a huge game changer for VR. Like, I think this is straight up just Fallout 4 with full VR implementation. I don't and understand why that's taking so long. I don't I don't know either. But I, I know... I mean, they probably can't use too many existing assets for VR development, right? For VR, like... I, I don't know too much about VR development, but I know that you have to, like, sort of... I mean... Do it from the ground up again. You can't just, like convert a non-VR game to VR. Maybe, but I feel like... I don't know. I guess I thought maybe they had it in mind during original development, and if they didn't, yeah, you're right. They're going to have to go from the ground up. Um, Are they going to charge a second time for that, do you think? I think they will. Uh, I think that's baloney. I think that that's going to enrage people. Um, It probably will, but I don't see Bethesda... I also think people are going to buy it. Yeah, people will buy it. Fallout's huge. I could see it being a DLC. I don't think it it could be a $60 Mm. release. I could see it being like a forty dollar release. I can see that too. I think. Um, is Prey coming out before E three? Is that Bethesda? Yeah, Prey comes out next May seventeenth. So yes, seventh, yeah, fifth May fifth. As yeah. long as the answer is May, then yes. when is E three? June like seventh. Okay. Ish. No, really... like June twelfth. Early June. It's in early June. <laughs> what I'm really helpful hopeful for Bethesda to release is. Or announced is a new Obsidian Fallout. Like oh yeah, that would be DC. very cool. Like Fallout. Um, what other cities have they not touched in? Like New Orleans or something. Seattle, <laughs> Oregon Trail. Yeah, no. Fallout um, Oregon Trail would be awesome. No, fa- Fallout would. New Vegas. Um, a lot of people. I mean, I actually never played it, but a lot of people who did say that that's their favorite Fallout game, like by far. So Obsidian certainly has the ability to put out an excellent, excellent Fallout game. I would be super interested in a new IP from them, though, because I'm not... I hate Fallout. I'm just going to throw it out there. I don't think it's interesting. I don't like it. I like it like Elder Scrolls way, way better. Yeah, exactly. I love Elder Scrolls, but I could see, like, if they did, like, Space Fantasy or something, that'd be interesting. If they Mm -hmm. did, like, a different sort of historic thing, like, I don't know, like, hit, hit, like, a 1900s kind of thing instead of a... instead of a high fantasy... I mean, I don't know. I think it'd be the interesting two sort of to see games we go. see from Bethesda nowadays are 
you know, the the first person open world games and shooters. I you just know? think they're shooters. It'd like, be so nice to see something completely fresh from them, you know, something they haven't tried before. But I think that true. might be asking for a lot. That um, is, yeah. I, I just, I guess, I guess when I think of Bethesda, all I can see is Fallout and Skyrim. And that's because that's pretty much yeah. all they are at this point. But I would love to see that game, that game formula in other settings. I think mm-hmm. I, I think there's potential there. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Uh, we've seen post-apocalyptic and fantasy, so... They, they do it better than most people yeah. do it, I think. Um, and, I don't know, they're, they've definitely got skills in the first-person shooter area, too. I mean, Prey then looks why, fantastic. Then why does Fallout play like it does, Sam? Because <laughs> it's an open-world game, first and foremost, you know? If they also made it a very robust first-person shooter, it wouldn't feel the same. Um, no, it wouldn't. It would feel good. Yeah. <laughs> and... Bethesda open world games can't feel good. That's that's like one of the holy commandments. Um, all right. So, oh, Michael, do you have something to say? Well, I'm going. I'm just joking around. Like Fallout, open Bethesda open world games. If they're not buggy at release, then is it a Bethesda game? Oh no. See, okay, that's kind of getting into another topic that maybe we can address later. But like, I think it's total BS how people give Bethesda such a pass, you know? Oh, yeah, and it is. totally crap on everyone else for, yeah. like, way less, like, like bugs. If, if Skyrim, like Skyrim had Mass Effect Andromeda's issues, nobody would have yeah, cared. Yeah. And it pretty much did at launch, let's be real. Like, yeah. Skyrim didn't even run on PS3 at yeah, all. I know. Like, it's like... It's, I don't know it's, why they get a it's pass. It's kind of silly. They do. Yeah. Um, all right. We might come back to that in a later topic. But um, moving on from that, Ubisoft is next. Um, I don't have much to say about Ubisoft. All I know for sure, though, is that they're certainly going to announce a new Assassin's Creed game. We're due for one. And if all the rumors are correct, which I almost am positive they are, it's going to be set in Egypt, which is very cool. Uh, That is cool. You guys ever mess around with Assassin's Creed? Yeah, I've played three, I've played Brotherhood, and I've played four. And I liked all of them well enough. I mean, four is definitely my favorite, and it's a lot of people's least favorite. Uh, Black Flag, that's my favorite, yeah. too. Yeah, for sure. I, I liked a pirate game more than I liked an Assassin's yeah. Creed game, for sure. But it was good. Michael? I've played most of the Assassin's Creed since uh, I actually started at 1. And I've played all the way to 4 and then stopped at Unity because Unity was a steaming pile of garbage. I always forget about so, it. So I guess this is, I mean, I have played every Assassin's Creed game through to completion. So I've been the story for every Assassin's Creed game. So I guess you could say I'm a pretty big Assassin's Creed fan. Yeah, I um, would. I definitely think the the quality drops immensely after Black Flag. Like, Unity and Syndicate didn't really do it for me. But, uh... uh they also had horrible animation issues. Yeah. I mean, kind of side note, in Unity, you guys ever see that picture? The of, horrifying like, The guy one? rendering with oh just eyeballs? Yeah. You know? Like, okay. But, um, to be fair, though, they, they worked on that yeah, game they, and yeah, polished it, so kudos to them. Um, but I, I, I also want to give props to Ubisoft, like, they were releasing an Assassin's Creed game every year, you know? And then they were like, when question as to why they were doing that, they were like, because people keep buying them. And then when sales dropped for the latest two games, they were like, okay, we're not going to release one every, every year. We're going to take a step back, kind of make sure it's polished, make sure it's, you know, excellent. And then we're going to release the game when it's ready. Uh, an interesting thing I read about this new Assassin's Creed game in Egypt, they're taking a lot of inspiration from The Witcher 3. Uh, for really? this one. So they want it to like really be robust in terms of like side quests and like exploration. So I I think that has a lot of potential. Yeah, it, ha- it certainly has immense potential. More than 
most Assassin's Creed games. So I'm very, very looking, much looking forward to seeing that reveal. I, okay, are, are we done with Assassin's Creed? Or? Yeah, sure. Okay, I okay my Ubisoft prediction, and this is bold, and it's more of a wish, a wish than a prediction. Just Dance 2018. No, I want Rayman Legends 2 or a, se- oh. a sequel to the the recent Rayman. Those are the best platformers I, no, I've ever played. I feel no, I I mean I don't think it's too bold. I feel Rayman like it makes Legends sense, was right? So good. No, it makes sense for them to release another one. It's yeah. been it's been enough it's time. Been, yeah. yeah, and I want it so bad. I would buy it instantly. Like no, I could certainly see that being announced at this. Those games, the music levels, man. Oh yeah, yeah. I confession, I've I think I own both Rayman games, but I haven't played either. Like you monster. I, I picked them up on like in like a Vita sale or something. But I've always like that's one of those games I definitely want to get to oh. because I've heard such good things about the platform. There's some of the best co-op game, like Rayman Legends co-op. It's one of the best party games yeah. I, I've ever played. It's just so fun and like. I don't know. It's a it's a low stakes platformer. You know, there's no penalty for dying, mm-hmm. and like when you're playing multiplayer, it, you die and you come back, and your friend punches you and it lets you start playing again. Nice. And it's like, it's just casual and it's really really fun. But at the same time, there are some really hard sections in it, and it's no, it's definitely it's one of those excellent. games I want to get to. But I I certainly could see that being announced this year. Um, I don't know any other predictions for Ubisoft. I don't really know what else they could be. I. I don't know. Doing. They, I mean, they have a lot of IPs. Maybe, uh, oh, okay. I've got a bold prediction that I just now came up with. Um, we're going to see a new Far Cry game get announced. You think so? I think they, we're going yeah. to see Far Cry 5 get announced. Really? Yeah, because I think the Primal was the last Far Cry game, which incidentally I absolutely loved. I loved Far Cry. Yeah, I heard really good um, things about it. But I think it's time for a new Far Cry game. I also think... And this would be even. This is an even bolder prediction. I think we might see an announcement of the division two. Really? Yeah, I think so. the division is Did pretty it huge. It's sold immensely. Really? Millions and millions of copies. Yeah. I've heard like, so many people frustrated. It, yeah, with it. no, but it's it's big. It kind it kind of like rode that wave, caused that tidal wave that Destiny caused, right? <laughs> but um, definitely not as big as Destiny. But it it it's a very very popular game, and especially with Destiny two being sort of revealed, yeah. which it will be revealed at Sony's E3. We'll get to that. Um, it'd be kind of nice, like, competitive move for them to be like Division 2. Uh, I don't think it's coming out this year because Destiny 2 would absolutely slaughter it, but just to sort of get the idea in gamers' minds and maybe release it in spring of next year, I think that could be a thing. Yeah, I think so. I think... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm also gonna... I, I think Ubisoft's been improving lately. I think they might announce improvements to you play or get <laughs> okay. rid of it or yeah. yeah i think the only improvement would be like I, total annihilation of it i but. mean there's yeah i i think they've been more consumer friendly here recently mm-hmm. so i could see them improving that but not immediately they, they'll make a big deal out of it when they do it michael do you have any thoughts on ubisoft uh not really actually not an ubisoft gamer then yeah other than assassin's creed not really not in far cry um, all right, moving on to Sony. Um, I'm a big Sony fan, obviously, so I expect great things, but I, at the same time, I can't see them topping the last two years. Um, I mean, they're going to talk about The Last of Us 2, right? I mean, <clears throat> The Last of Us 2 is so far out, I could totally see it not even being at this E3. Really? But I could, yeah, it's not 2019 at the earliest, I would say. Um 
You look I think like they'll you talk disagree. about it. I think they'll talk about it even if 2019 is. Yeah. That's only two years. I mean, um, for The Last of Us 2, um, Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson just entered the studio like a f- less than a week ago to start recording voice for it and like motion cap for it. So it's it's still pretty, it's in production, but it's like, it's pretty early in production. All right. Um, but yeah, just kind of getting back to what I was saying before. Sony absolutely slaughtered everyone with their past two E3s, I think. Just, like, their constant barrage of amazing games um, that really, and some of them, like, really good faith gestures, like announcing Final Fantasy VII Remake, um, just, like, really sort of, like, won the hearts and minds of gamers. And I don't see how they could do it again for a third time, especially when Microsoft's got a new console coming out and Nintendo's probably going to make a bunch of Switch announcements. I don't see anything on the hardware side from Sony. What I would like to see is a bigger push for PSVR. I think they need to do it now, you know? And if it's not done now, I don't think it's ever going to be done. It's time for them to sort of, like, be like, we have all these games coming to PSVR. All these games coming out also support PSVR, etc. Do you think Sony's done in the mobile space after the Vita? I definitely... (laughs) If we get a Vita 2 announcement, I'll eat my shirt. Really? On air. I'll hold you Let's to just that. say that. <laughs> On air. Yeah, I don't um, think I don't I don't think there's a Vita two announcement. Yeah. Coming. Um. No, I think the the Vita was. I love the Vita, but it was yeah, destroyed utterly and completely. Um, but in terms of games, uh, I well the big third party one is Destiny 2. Why is that going to be at Sony's? They they always align with Sony. Destiny okay. was first announced on PS4. I hear Destiny 2 might be coming to PC as well, so I might It be. is. Yeah. It is, for I'll sure. I'll be looking at that, yeah. for sure. Um, But yeah, all their DLC is always like, you can download it first on PlayStation. They've definitely aligned with Sony. Um, So we're going to get the full, like, probably, you know, gameplay reveal of Destiny 2. And just sort of as an aside, uh, this episode is being recorded pretty early, so if any of this changes, it's not that we're morons, it's just that... It hasn't happened yet for us. I'll say I might be a moron. I'm not. Uh, I'm not good at E3 predictions. Yeah. Um, so I would like to see. I would. I, I would predict that Days Gone is coming out this year. I don't know if you guys I know, don't what even know what that That's is. That's a new Sony IP, very similar to The Last of Us. <laughs> it's it's almost the same thing. It's kind of shocking, actually. Like post-apocalyptic world with zombie-like entities running around. And you play as a gruff man, like slaughtering the zombie hordes. You have a mo- motorcycle, which um, it's being it's being created by Sony Bend Studio, who did um, Uncharted: Golden Abyss for the Vita. I don't know if you knew that. It was a good game. Yeah, yeah I played so, it. So, was... and this is their first like console game, so that's cool to see what they might do. Yeah, I'm actually interested in seeing where that goes. But just the existence of this and The Last of Us Two simultaneously kind of like weirds me out you know well, if you're saying that this is going to come out way sooner than the last i of us certainly two. think it will yeah and it must i think could hold us. the last of us two would eat it up if they came out at the same time could hold some sony fans over um there's a new god of war game in production but i don't think we'll get that this year really yeah i i mean we haven't heard we've I, haven't, seen, I thought we've seen gameplay we 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 saw like a gameplay demo at last e3 i think i think they're going to talk about it then I think we might we, we they'll probably show a trailer or something. I can't see it coming out this year though. It looked it would good. be really cool though. Like yeah, it definitely reinvigorated my interest in this series. It gave me an interest in the series. I'd never yeah. been interested before. I played God of War three on the PS three, and it was such a technical marvel at the time that I sort of fell in love with it. But I was never interested in the characters or story or anything like that. 
But this one seems like it's definitely going in a different direction, which I appreciate. Um, I I would expect to s- maybe one to two new IP announced, like Sony exclusives. Yeah. Um, as to what those are, I mean, oh. I'm not quite sure. We missed Crash Bandicoot for Ubisoft. Well, Crash Ubis- no, no, no. Um, Crash Bandicoot is Activision. Activision. Well, that um, that might be at Sony then. Yeah, and um, like. it's actually coming out. the The release date was already announced. Oh, it's I, it's it's either June or July. Oh well, uh, probably not going to be at E3. So then. yeah, it's not going to be at E3. Did they announce whether or not it was a multiplat? I think it's only as of right now. I think it's still only on PS4. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of confusion behind that, but um, they might clear that up at E3. Yeah, hopefully. Um, let's see what else. Oh yeah, Call of Duty is going to be announced at Sony. More oh, than yep. likely. Oh, for sure. Um, or are they not releasing one this year? No, they'll re- they release Call of Duty everywhere. Every I year. thought they were stopping after uh, Infinite Warfare. No, I mean they there've already been leaks as to what the Call of Duty game is. It's uh, just a Call of Duty World War Two. That's the rumored title. Yeah, I like WW2. Could have swore they said they were stopping the mo- yearly release cycle, but they do have three studios working on yeah. that. Um, IP and now. I certainly think after the success of Battlefield One, people are definitely it really demonstrated that people are ready to go back to that era. So, um, yeah, Call of Duty World War Two. At the Sony conference, like DLC on PlayStation's first, etc. I totally, that will certainly happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say for Sony. I mean, they had incredible E3s two like for the past couple of years, but I don't see how they could top the past two unless they made a bunch of crazy new IP announcements and in addition to that like made announcements of like beloved remakes which you know I mean it could happen but I don't think it would I could see another Sly Cooper game actually I think Sly 4 did well did it yeah I I mean it came out but I don't know I haven't played it but I don't buy console games but so I made a crazy prediction for every single company so far so I think I'll try and make one for this one as well crazy prediction for Sony E3 2017 and I don't believe this is actually going to happen, but I have to say it. Just so, like maybe I can will it into existence. Uh, a new infamous game by Sucker Punch. That would be pretty nasty. Why um, do you not think that'll happen? Because I think sales were lukewarm for Second Son, and I mean, yeah, Infamous One and Two were huge on the PS3, but I think, as like I think like for the IP, I think Sucker Punch is ready to move on from it and do something else. That's just the sort of vibe I get because Second Son didn't indicate any sort of like sequel being made or anything like that so it's a stretch i don't think it will happen but i will be overjoyed if it does all right um any closing thoughts on sony okay uh and lastly that leaves us with nintendo so i I think the big question is is nintendo even going to have a traditional e3 conference or is it just going to be a nintendo direct i'm pretty sure they said they will have that's really exciting because that's the first time they've done that in a long time i think it's going to be lame (laughs) <laughs> you, you've lost that's my, all faith in that's Nintendo. That's my bold prediction. I mean, I think at best, at very best, they're going to announce more Joy-Con colors. That's, Dude, that's a very low expectation. That's all I've got. I mean, okay. I think, I think okay. if they had anything, they would have already announced it. Cause why? The, no, they're why, trying why, to sell the Switch. But why like, would they not save it for E3? I mean, they've already told us that Mario Odyssey... They're, they don't have anything that's going to top Mario Odyssey to announce. I promise I, okay. you. There's nothing. Crazy, crazy Nintendo prediction? New Metroid game. No, I don't buy it. Fully 3D. Never going to happen. 
<laughs> yeah, I. You sound like someone who just doesn't want to get their hopes up. I've to been have scorned. Them, yeah, I, yeah, crushed. But no. I, I am almost certain there is one in production, and I don't. But I don't know how far along it is. I. I don't know if it'll I be announced at this E3. <laughs> you think I? Yeah, we'll see. Okay. I think that's my prediction for Nintendo. New Metroid game. Fans go go absolutely crazy. Um. And, but, okay, so in terms of more Switch games, I could see them announcing a Super Smash Bros. for Switch. Uh, that's sort of just like a port of the Wii U 3DS games. I don't think they're going to do that, though. I you think don't think so? I mean, where was it that they all they brought was Breath of the Wild? Wasn't that E3 last year or something? Well, or was that PAX? <clears throat> no, no, I mean, well... I think they're going to... No, that was, I think that was E3, but... I think they're just the going to do that was, with Mario Switch Odyssey. was not announced at that point, you know? I, yeah. Now that they have a new console, like... I just don't... They, no, I mean, I think it's suicide for them to not put all their guns out now. Like, yeah, I think they already new... have. I mean, if if that's truly the case, and that's that's a very dire position for Nintendo to be in. Um, I, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I mean, I think when does Splatoon two come out? Is that uh, it's before? before E3? Okay, yeah, because um, they already had their open beta. Yeah, so I, I we'll certainly see more Mario Odyssey, which I mean, everyone's going to get that. With everyone with the Switch, we'll I think they're going to announce GameCube um, in virtual the, uh, console, GameCube yeah. virtual console, and they're going to talk about their online infrastructure in general. They're going to yeah. like detail it. Those are safe bets. I still think a Super Smash Bros. for Switch would be wise. I um, why? I mean, why do you think that'll happen? Because there needs to be a Smash Bros. game out on this console. I don't think so. I mean, Smash Four hasn't been out that long. I know. That's why I think they're going to announce a port of Smash Four rather than announce Smash Five. I think that'd be a huge mistake. Yeah. yeah, I mean, would I would really... definitely rather see Smash Five, but I, I don't know. No, I mean, I, I, I got a gut feeling. The that Wii that's U going was out for years, and the and the Wii was too. It was years before they gave us Smash Bros. Mm-hmm. That's fair, but I mean, but look at <clears throat> why are they port- porting Mario Kart Eight to the Switch? You know, because nobody had a Wii U, I guess. But people bought so th- Smash but... Four on the 3DS. <clears throat> yeah, but it's certainly not the same. You know, it's definitely a more. I robust... thought it was better. But you can eight player Smash. Yeah, you know, I mean, you didn't like that, Michael. Eight player Smash was just kind of a weird. Like traditional Smash is like two on two or four on on or four one on, on one. Four? Hmm? No, four on four is really Very like good. chaotic. No, I mean, but that's the whole point. It was just pure chaotic yeah, fun. I, I mean, really enjoyed that. But um, yeah. Other than that, I really don't think Smash, a Smash on Switch is how be how big of a presence do you guys think the 3DS will have at their conference? Um, not very much. Yeah. I mean, in their latest Direct, they announced a bunch of 3DS games, which I'm like, it makes sense because the install base for the 3DS is so high, but at the same time, I'm just like, dude, announce, I, I'm just put sure all of these games on Switch. They haven't announced that they're discontinuing the 3DS production yet. I don't no, think. they haven't. Yeah. They, they, no, just the contrary, actually. They're yeah. strongly supporting it. Um, okay. I think there's um, a chance they'll announce a Monster Hunter. I also think there's a chance they'll do um, Animal Crossing for Switch. Yeah, I think we're due. I mean, yeah. we're very much due for a new Animal Crossing. Yeah. Because we didn't get one for the Wii U. Yeah, mm-hmm. a new console Animal Crossing would turn everything... Probably get me to buy a Switch, honestly. Yeah, same. Yeah. I'd, I'd probably buy one. The, <laughs> the All right, Nintendo. You know what to do. You just got to make it happen. Yeah, two sales right here. From, so, yeah. From very spe- uh, skeptical. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, like, just to sort of recap, the C3 as a whole is going to be very, very interesting to watch. Um, Microsoft's in a position to sort of, like, win back a lot of people's faith nintendo's in a position to really capitalize on their new console and sony i in my mind at least is sort of 
the reigning champ of E3 so far, at least for the past couple years. So it'd be interesting to see what they do to sort of defend that title. Um, all right, moving on to the next topic, durability mechanics in games. So this was actually another requested topic, um, and I know there are very varied opinions on this. So what I mean by durability mechanics is just weapon de- degradation, armor degradation, like in Minecraft, when you, you know, mine a block of cobblestone and your pickaxe breaks. So just the sort of degradation mechanics present throughout games. Um, so I just wanted to kind of discuss that briefly with you guys. Uh, do you guys think it adds to games or takes away from games? And do you like the feature? I I mean, I'm not going to just say that I like the feature. Because I think it's very much something you have to think about whether or not it fits your game. Yeah, it's dependent on how it's done. Like, Minecraft... Without a durability feature, that game would have been over in an hour. Exactly, like, yeah. Like, you know. It's, would... But, okay, so I think we can all agree on Minecraft, but let's move to something like, you know, Zelda Breath of the Wild or um, Dark Souls even, you know? I'm, I'm going to just go ahead and say something kind of mean. I think that if you did not like durability in Breath of the Wild, you don't understand games very well. Okay. I think I mean, I, mean, I, think I you totally... didn't think about it. So I, I'll kind of make a broader statement. I don't think there's been a single game where I've disliked durability mechanics. I actually really like yeah. durability. I think it adds depth to the game, and I think it adds an additional layer of challenge and realism that I appreciate. So, like, the only games I can think of where I didn't like durability was in, like, MMOs and stuff, and that was because I didn't understand it at the time. Mm-hmm. And now looking back, I realize, like, they have to have money sinks in those games, otherwise the economy inflates out of control. So there's, I think there's... There's always a reason to implement durability, but if you're a game designer and you're doing it just because it's the thing to do, yeah. you're a problem. <laughs> you're a problem. So, um, Very strong feelings on that. What about you, Michael? How do you feel about durability? I actually enjoy it a lot. Like, play, going, like Dying Light had a durability mechanic that was really great. Like You had three repairs for a weapon, and the stronger weapons had more durability and whatever. And you could only hit so much with it. <clears throat> and it kind of made me like cautious to use my best weapons and save those for the bigger things that I need to kill quickly rather than just wasting them on like the usual zombie. Yeah, so durability kind of introduces it introduces a whole separate metagame to the existing game where you just kind of have to micromanage your resources and make sure you know, make sure everything's in order, which I personally very much appreciate. I kind of wish Jordan was here because I know he hated the durability mechanics in Breath of the Wild. But like you said, I think those mechanics are absolutely integral to the game, you know? It would be an entirely different game if your weapons didn't break. Right. It would... I mean, all the weapons would be worthless, all of them, Mm. except, like... The Master Except one, yeah. Yeah. You know, except the Master Sword. Spoilers, I guess. I mean, it's a Zelda game. It's going to have the Master Sword. But, yeah, like, without durability, everything in that game would have been useless. Yeah. There would have been so much stuff that was just a waste of your time. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, no, it's certainly, I mean, I can, okay, so a similar mechanic to durability is encumbrance, and that I kind of, I'm not too big on encumbrance. Yeah, I'm pretty iffy. I don't think. I understand why it needs to exist, to sort of, like, put a limit on the player. I kind of don't. But if you were just able to haul around everything, you know, you could just maybe haul around absurd amounts of, you know, a really valuable item and just sell it and be instantly rich, you know? Like, it, it, it imposes certain restrictions that make sense with the in-game world. I guess if you do interesting stuff with it, then yeah. But, like, I honestly don't think... 
uh, Elder Scrolls games don't tend to do anything interesting with encumbrance, mm-hmm. I don't think. Because nothing is ever that heavy in it. I think yeah. if they gave you something you had to carry for some reason that was extremely heavy, but they don't, that I know of, ever play with that, really. They don't use it as a game mechanic. It's just a limitation on your right. inventory. Um, and just sort of getting back to durability, I mean, I don't know. So durability I see in games that, you know, have swords, axes, kind of melee weapons, right? But durability sort of exists in shooters as well. I mean... You can run out of ammo for your gun, and then right. you have to pick up that, a new gun. I was gun. thinking of that too, and yeah. like that's a good mechanic. Yeah, and it's just the, sort of that. It's just that mechanic, except I, not applied to a shooter. I think it's know? funny that it's a high that ammo is kind of a higher level mechanic in most shooters, though. Because mm-hmm. like I know when I'm bad at a shooter, I don't look at my ammo because I don't have to because I'm right. not going to live long enough for it to be a problem. Exactly, but you know, uh, it's it's a resource that you have to manage. Yeah, it um, definitely is. And it's yeah, I yeah I would put it in the same vein as durability for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man, I know I already said it, but it's a shame that Jordan isn't here because he'd definitely have some rebuttal points. But because he's not, I guess <clears throat> we can move on to the next topic. Um, if you guys are good on that. Yeah, I think I'm. All good. right. Um, our final topic for today is cutscenes in games. Um, so pretty much every game with a narrative has cutscenes, and cutscenes are an excellent way for a game to advance the characters and plot of the story um, with without you sort of interacting with it. And I guess that is kind of what I want to get into, because a lot of people can see that as a negative, because it takes away interactivity. But I also think, uh, I mean, I love me a good cu- cutscene, you know? Like, I love, I, I love the sort of break from the gameplay and sort of watching something for a little bit. But I know there that's a very kind of Yeah, I'm not one to like cutscenes. Yeah. I I think I mean a cutscene that like gets you pumped for a boss and stuff, like a, a short one. That you're thinking of Dark Souls right now. I think now. of Dark yeah. Souls right now. That's awesome. Yeah. Like you got me there. And a cutscene I'm still in the Dark Souls. I don't think Dark Souls has any cutscenes I disagree with. Yeah. It has that one when you start playing, and then it has one occasionally when you start a boss fight. When you're about to get your face wrecked by orange yeah. scene in smoke. And that's fine. That's great and all. But unskippable cutscenes, big no-no. No, every cutscene should be skippable. That you, The player should have that option. What ga- I don't think many games do that nowadays, do they? Kingdom Hearts, dude. I mean, it's the old ones. They're I've old. never played Kingdom Hearts. It's atrocious. I don't understand why anyone... I get why you like Kingdom Hearts. I don't understand how you got through it. Because mm-hmm. I I gave it an entire day. I mean, as a kid, though, like, that's your... I That's what you do. I'm not kidding. I sat down for an entire day and tried to play through Kingdom Hearts 1. And I got through the tutorial and, w- and was just done. I couldn't handle See, it anymore. See, when, when, when I'm really into the story, and I'm... And I, yeah, I obviously love the gameplay. But when I'm really into a story of a game, and I see that a cutscene's coming up, I'm like, ooh, great. All right, I p- I'll put the controller down and be like, okay, what's going to happen now? It's kind of getting that experience of a movie and a game in one for me. Michael? Like, I remember when I first started playing, I, like, I started the Uncharted series on Uncharted 2, right? I was thinking of Uncharted when I said that, yeah. Yeah, I started playing on Uncharted 2, and originally, when I started playing, it's like, these cutscenes are really, really annoying. And I remember looking over my stepdad and telling him that they were really, really annoying, and I just hated them. Then, I went and played Metal Gear Solid 4. Okay, I was actually going to, <laughs> yeah, I was going to address both of those Ooh. games, actually. First of all, Love the cutscenes in Uncharted 2. I, I, I mean, but that's just me. I was really into the story. The sort of, like, swashbuckling, treasure hunting sort of thing. Second of all, Metal Gear Solid 4. 
I think the longest cutscene in that game is an hour and 45 minutes long. What? I'm, no, I'm, I'm not even kidding. And there are multiple cutscenes in that game over an hour long. So, like, you really have to like cutscenes to enjoy that game. Because um, I remember specifically there was an act in the middle of the game where um, when you got to the end of the act, a cutscene played. And I, I think I was in, like, high school when I played Metal Gear Solid 4. But when I played it, it just straight up went on for an hour and a half. No way. And you know what I thought? I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> I was so into it. But I absolutely see how that's a huge no-no for a lot of people. Like, games are interactive first and for- foremost. I don't have an hour that's and a half That's straight up just down. a movie, you know, yeah. at that point. Pause the game. Here's the movie. What do you got to say, Michael? Uh, so Metal Gear Solid has two records for cutscenes. One is the longest single cutscene, which is 21, 27 minutes. And the longest cutscene sequence is 71 minutes. Both of those take place in the game's finale. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, 71 I mean, minutes is an hour and 10. Yeah. So. That's so that's, I was exaggerating, but only a little bit. You yeah, know, not that's, by much. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's immense. So if you're not invested in the story, that's just like So, like, Uncharted's meaningless cutscenes. Meaningless to you. It, it has plenty of cutscenes, but they're I think they're placed intelligently within the gameplay See, to I where they're not obtrusive. Like Uncharted just takes control from you a couple of times, and I think that's bad. But Uncharted also end of level cutscenes don't bother me. Like, mm-hmm. like when they sort of I'm thinking of the you... scene in Uncharted Three where you wash up on the beach. Mm-hmm. That was an excellent cutscene. Yeah. I was fine with that. I had earned that cutscene. Yeah, but like a couple of times, like. They take control of you away to, like, show enemies flooding the area you're in. So I, uh, That's just, abysmal. Just I to think. sort of interject, I don't know if you guys have played Uncharted 4. Haven't. Um, Uncharted 4, the transition between cutscene and gameplay is completely seamless, which is incredible to me. There's no, like, cut-to-black cutscene starts. It's just camera pans around. You don't even know you're playing, like, in, until, like, oh, yeah. you start getting shot I mean, at. they started doing that in Uncharted 3 a little bit. But it's still, like, cut-to-black and then transition to gameplay. This is just... Not always. I'm pretty sure they did. No, there were because I remember a couple times I I didn't realize by the cutscene it stopped and I was in control. Oh, I see. Well, <laughs> in Uncharted Four, that's every single cutscene is exact is, is completely merged with the gameplay segments, which I very much appreciate. Um, yeah, Michael. What are you yeah, that say? major swap between pre-rendered and in-engine cutscenes is a big one that a lot of game developers should take if they really want people to enjoy their cutscenes because it, it doesn't ruin your immersion. No, absolutely. It's I think seamless. All cutscenes should be in in, a, in engine. Yeah, I think sure. a lot of them should be in engine because like you go back and play old games and they look great on your new PC. Yeah. Until you get to that pre-rendered cutscene yeah, yeah, yeah. and the resolution drops, the frame rates lower. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, so. It definitely seems like we stand at different places where cutscenes are concerned. I enjoy them. You think they take away immersion? I don't think they should be done away with. I think they should be thought so, about more than they are now. To sort of expand now. on that, how do you feel about um, sort of more interactive cutscenes where you have like dialogue choices and stuff? Are you more into that? I like those. I don't like quick time events. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. In the same vein, quick time events. I think. Yeah, quick. T- I, I don't really understand. They're lazy. Quick time usually. events are just like. Give you the illusion of doing something cool during a cutscene without you actually doing it, you know? Um, so I never really kind of got quick time events. Michael? The biggest offender for quick time events, and this is going back to Dying Light, the final boss, it's one giant quick event, quick time event. Yeah, that's, like, I feel like that's at that point you kind of rob me of my yeah, experience. Yeah, it's like it's this whole like sequence where you're running from these zombies, it, it, you're running through a sewer, you're climbing up a tower, you're getting shot at. And then you get to the final boss you've been wanting to shoot in the face the entire game, and you get into a quick-time sword fight. 
Yeah, that sounds pretty awful. What, what sword fight in Dying Light? Dying Light. Dying Light. Isn't that a wow. shoot like zombie shooter? It's it's more melee focused. Survival? It's from the same group ah, that did uh, okay. Dead Island. So their melee engine is beautiful. Like it's so much better than using a gun because the guns are so loud and they attract more zombies than you want. You can just walk up to a zombie and hit it a couple times and it's dead. Or you get a sword and just slice into bits. Yeah, I I hate quick time events and I don't know. I I'm not a I'm not a cutscene fan. Except for exposition, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally understand the argument that they break immersion. But that being said, personally, I love cutscenes. Like I don't mind. I always look forward to them. The Last of Us never e- bothered even in me. Metal Gear Solid. The Last of Us never bothered me. Cutscenes. Yeah. So I thought those were good. Mm-hmm. I like. Um, I do kind of like. Like sometimes you have like an elevator sequence or something where they ask you to look at something but you're still controlling your character. Yeah. I prefer that. So if, if cutscenes were, like I said before, more interactive, yeah. you would find them more appealing. I think so. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's supposed to be an interactive medium. And exactly, when you take yeah. away my control, it, it does bother me. I abs- absolutely. I understand that argument. Um, Michael? Yeah, I love cutscenes that you can look around in. Like, you could not even look at the face. You could just be looking off in the distance and staring at, like... Right. Doesn't Metal Gear Solid do that? Uh, somewhat. Uh, well, the new one... Oh, well, if we're still talking about four, then you can kind of like shift camera perspectives, but that's about it. Okay. Um, <laughs> dude, actually, Metal Gear Solid Four was such an absurd game. Like, <laughs> some of the cutscenes were straight up just like twenty-minute PowerPoint presentations <laughs> explaining like some weird, obscure like organization that existed from like the second game. I'm like, like these are the Patriots. Yeah, I'm they, like, they are the, like. I don't the understand why I dug it so much. Back it was a day. good game. I yeah. couldn't get through it. I played I it a couple it. times, but, but I it's never just like it's so absurd when I think about it. Uh, yeah, Michael. Uh, like yeah, med- going back to Metal Gear Solid Four, you could actually control the robot in like the plane cutscenes. That's what I was yeah. thinking of. You could drive the robot and around I, and go I upstairs and I see like the girl out what cooking the point eggs. Was. Yeah, I yeah. think it was just a cool little. Like, Easter if you egg went upstairs, you could like see the girl cooking eggs or doing stuff after mm-hmm. you get the girl that I can't remember her name because Sunny. Yeah, I never watched How most of the cutscenes. I just skipped them. Oh no, I I, grab, I just skipped dude, all of I, them. I grabbed my popcorn and was like, I'm ready for this hour long yeah. behemoth. <laughs> all right. Um, as with every show, we end w- talking about games we recommend or games we've been playing. Um, I guess I'll start off this week um, by talking about the Uncharted collection on PS4. So the Uncharted collection has Uncharted 1, Uncharted 2, and Uncharted 3. Um, all three of those were PS3 exclusives. Um They've been up to 1080p, uh, 60 frames per second on PS4. Um, the Uncharted games are third-person action, uh, third-person shooter um, action games uh, that follow the story of Nathan Drake, who's a sort of like Indiana Jones type swashbuckling treasure hunter. Um, the the games are essentially a grand adventure to find, each one's uh, self-contained, each one's a grand adventure to find some treasure. Um, And I am absolutely in love with these games. They're some of my favorite of all time. The characters are probably the strongest part. You just, you fall in love with the characters very quickly and you just love seeing them interact. And just seeing how they develop between games and, and just the sort of like evolving mechanics through each Uncharted game. I think each Uncharted game feels better to play, which is pretty important too. So I think they've improved mechanically with each one. Um, and yeah, they're just beautiful, beautiful games. Uh, the set pieces in the games are incredible, like completely off the wall crazy. Uh, they definitely get my highest recommendation. 
I know you both have also played Uncharted. Do you guys have oh, yeah. anything to Love add? Love them. Yeah. They're very good. Yeah, all of them. Like, the humor in there is, like, top-notch. It's it's Naughty Dog at its yeah. finest. Naughty yeah. Dog, really. Yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, I'm uh, kind of a... This is kind of a tangent, but I'm of the belief that Naughty Dog is the best developer in the world right now. I think they're pretty... Just in terms of technical ability and what they do with their games, they're pretty unmatched. Like, they produce some of the best-looking games on PS3. That no one else was ca- think ca- no one else thought was capable. I mean, until recently, Uncharted Four was the was the best looking game I've ever seen. Then Horizon came out, but I mean that's kind of like another topic. Um, yeah, the story, the story and characters in these games, uh, while not like they're not doing anything new and ex- like like revolutionary, but they're just done so well you can't help but love them. Oh, I guess I'll just leave it there. Yeah, I think that's a fair statement. Yeah. What about you, um, Michael? What have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing a lot of Overwatch. Overwatch, lot. okay. I mean, a ton of Overwatch. I'm, I'm sure most people who listen to this know exactly what Overwatch is, yeah. but for those who don't... Well, imagine Team Fortress 2, but you stick it in Blizzard's hand and have Blizzard write an entire universe around it. Plus add like all these kooky things, like all abilities and everything. So it's like an ability-based first-person shooter. It's basically what started the whole hero shooter. Yeah. Or made it big. Um, I've played a bit of Overwatch, and the thing that really stood out to me is that each character's personality is so well-defined in just how they act in their animations and their abilities. I think it's that in, in itself is such an achievement. Yeah. Each each character is so distinct to play. Yeah, they, and they feel like a different game almost. Yeah, no one feels like a clone of the other, you know? No. Everyone no. has such deep mechanics independently. And they also, like, none of them, well, some of them only fill one role. But most of them can fill more than one role. Mm-hmm. And, like, <clears throat> I don't know, that's nice. Like, And I, I, and yeah. just sort of the, the, the functional depth that's created when you're forming a team, right? Some characters synergize better with others, some... Some counter other characters right. better, yeah, and just like... that sort of like next level planning is also something that's very appealing about Overwatch. Um, I... Yeah, yeah, like the game's really competitive since I play it on like a competitive level in some aspects. Mm-hmm. Get get my butt kicked every time, but still, I play it on a competitive level, and it gets so deep. Like everything that you do, and like at the starter level, does not apply to the competitive level. Like you have to pay attention to your surroundings. You have to make sure you're playing your character right. You have to make sure your teammates are doing something good. Yeah. Yeah, I think um I think all that depth is a good thing, but at the same time <clears throat> it it scares me away from games. Like Dota 2 and League of Legends also have that level of depth, but they're intimidating to me whereas Overwatch really isn't. Yeah, it seems like easily accessible but has a ton of depth to master. Yeah. Um if you so choose to delve into it. Um, Connor, what have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing the Sly Cooper collection. I think that's what it's called. Oh, nice. It's Sly, Sly Cooper 1, 2, and 3, and it's on the PS3. And really, I've only been playing Sly 2. I didn't like 1, and I've already beat So three. I've actually never played Sly Cooper. And I've it's one of those weird games where I saw commercials as a kid. I was like, I really want that, because I, yeah. I love Jack and Daxter and no, stuff it's like, like that. It's, you're like running around, <clears> and uh, there's a raccoon who's a thief. There's a turtle who's like a nerdy computer hackery guy, mm-hmm. and then there's a hippo named Murray. So is it like a third-person platformer? Yeah, third-person yeah. platformer. Yeah, and the Murray's big and strong, and like okay. So what animal? He's a hippo. Oh, did you say that? Yeah, I guess I just didn't hear it. Okay. So Sly, yes, yeah, Sly. <clears throat> and then there's like the three play types that come out of that, like you know Bentley the turtle who's a nerd. He like hacks stuff, and like 
you know, the, he, a lot of little mini games with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sly, you're running around jumping building to building and like pickpocketing, cool stuff like that. Yeah. But like presented in a really child friendly way. So is it is it like a collectathon? It's like a heist game. So like you get okay. missions. And then you have to go, like, sometimes you have to take pictures, sometimes you have to steal something from someone, but your goal is always to collect resources and make a plan to steal something big. Interesting, okay. And you go to different areas, and there's, like, an overarching story through the game. Um, the characters are really good, the humor's really good. Which of the three is your favorite? Uh, probably three, but that's not a popular opinion. Yeah, I should have mentioned this with my Uncharted, re- like, overview, but two is probably my favorite of the three. Um, but yeah, anyway, yeah, keep, keep yeah, um, so Sly 2, I haven't beaten it yet, and it's really good, but it doesn't have the nostalgia for me, because when I was little, I was playing Sly 3 at a friend's yeah. house, so, there's not a lot to say, they're just clean, good games, I haven't played the Sly a- 4. So the HD remaster, it it's good. worked out yeah. well, okay, nice. Alright, guys, I think that's gonna do it for this week, I'm Amon Mion, thank you Connor and Michael for joining me once again, we will see you next week, bye-bye.